Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. Welcome. As most of us have been working with a sister science of yoga called Ayurveda, studying the vata, the pitta, the kapadosha, and the combination of all three that we embody, we're going to draw a little bit more from that to describe our pranic experience. So, it is said that our life force, prana, is represented like a flame on a candle. And that flame needs to receive its resource of fuel from that candle wax. And when it's lit, depending on the size of the flame, light emanates from it. So in Ayurveda, the vata is the pranic flame. It is that which stimulates, motivates, it is what creates life to the other doshas. Now, the candle wax is said to be Cappadocia, it's the resource of fuel. So, if you've eaten well, you've rested, you've gotten tons of cuddles, that Cappadocia, that resource, um, that candle wax we call Ojas, Ojas, there's enough to be able to keep that flame going. Now, there is that light from that flame we call Tejas, that light is associated with Pitta. So it's your charisma, it's your radiance, it's your glow. And so depending on how big your light is, um, how big your flame is, depends upon, you know, how much light you emanate. So within our energy body, that uh, prana, the resource to fuel that prana, and the light that emanates from that prana is linked to the Ayurvedic system of the doshas. So... In this experience of working with our prana, this is coming from the Garanda Samhita, which is another text that we use um, to inform our physical practice. It says that um, we are doing pot yoga, not the stuff that you smoke, but a pot like a vessel, like the candle holder. Now, you know, I'm going to mix many different schools of thought and philosophy together, but if we kind of think about the koshas, the candle holder is that physical, the anamaya kosha. It's the physical sheath. And we want to make sure it's really clear and clean so we can actually see the quality of the ojas um, in it, so we can see the candle wax. The pranamaya kosha is the actual energetic flame. And the manamaya kosha is the light within the mind. So in yoga practice, what we're trying to do is clear out those first three sheaths and make sure that they're transparent so we can really benefit receiving information, we can offer information. And as you're kind of thinking about what I'm saying, that mind stuff, you will also notice a part of your mind that is in the knowing mind. It is the witness. As you're thinking, there's a part of your mind that is witnessing. So that Vyanamaya Kosha is that kind of inner intuitive knowing that draws into the Anandamaya Kosha, the bliss sheath. So there is this kind of way in which we kind of see our pot and our pot being the container of our life force. So 
In the Granda Samhita, it says that there's five stages of working with your prana. First, we need to activate it. So as we breathe and move, we start, you know, we notice that our pranic flame is small. And as you continue to practice, you know, uh, moving the body, shaping your breath, opening to sensation and cultivating more light, that pranic flame burns brighter and bigger. So there's this sense of then the second stage is churning that prana. And we try to actually churn it, move it, unblock certain um, obstacles in the physical, energetic, and mental body so prana can flow freely. So we're dissolving those grantis, those knots. So as we activate prana in our practice, churn it. We then, the third stage is to consolidate it and feel that we are a strong, vital container, a vessel in which we can contain and consolidate that prana. The fourth thing is that we ignite that prana. So we ignite it. We ignite it with that fuel, that um, light of discernment, that prajna, that um, deep soul's longing to kind of fulfill a deeper purpose um, in our lifetime. We ignite it. And then the fifth thing is that we direct it. We direct it either as a result of practice to reach higher states of consciousness or we direct it in our lives to actually fulfill our duties and responsibilities that we want. What is most important to us? What do we desire? You know, what do we care about? What do we need to do? And so either you practice to experience that state of yoga or we practice feeling strong enough to be able to go and do our life well. So in that, we set an intention. We listen to a deep, um, intuitive longing, and then that we direct it towards that. So working with those five stages of prana, we then start to turn to our vessel. And this is really starting to integrate a more Buddhist perspective of seeing the dysfunction of our physical body seen in four ways. We have a upside down or closed vessel. We have a dirty vessel. We have a tilted vessel. And then the last is a leaky vessel. So with these vessels, you can kind of imagine them um, as your uh, you know, human conditions that we will experience at some point. So I'm sure that you will be able to relate to this. So an upside down or closed vessel just means that it's unable to hold its content or receive anything. It can't, um, uh, you know, open. There's nothing, there's no hole to be able to make it effective. And this is kind of a, rep a representation of someone who's completely closed-minded, close-hearted, um, who cannot communicate, who is totally shut down, disassociated, by punishing, by withholding the love. They completely ignore and um, close off any help from other people, but they are also very ignorant of how that complete shutdown affects others. So they're not open to hear or to communicate or look at the source of the problem. And I'm pretty sure that we all kind of have been there at one point of kind of recognizing, you know, when we feel really hurt, our coping mechanism is to shut down, disassociate, and close off. But if you think about if there's a pranic flame and you close, 
that it doesn't receive any oxygen and that flame becomes really small and almost just literally goes out. So we sense that there is a closed vessel that we've all probably experienced. The next vessel that we probably have experienced is a dirty vessel. And this is um, that the dirt, say for instance, if we put a bunch of dirt into this candle wax, no matter how pure, how clean, how refined some new candle wax we pour in there, it will get contaminated. <laughs> so it, if there's dirt in there, and this is a sense that we are disturbed by the physical, emotional, and energetic toxicity of our prior conditions, our previous impressions, our judgments, our opinions, our beliefs, our resentments, um, our criticism, all the samskaras that interfere with one's ability to see, think, and take wise action. There is this way in which whatever you put in your vessel, it gets contaminated. So all of our negative thoughts, all of our um, emotional attachments, all those kind of memories that creep into the present moment. So it might have happened in the past, and it's sunny out, and it's wonderful, and then all of a sudden, you just have all this negative um, kind of stuff from the past get interfered with the present moment, and you can't really benefit from it because you're so attached to those old memories. The next vessel is a tilted vessel, and this tilted vessel means that the lip is slightly wonky. So no matter how much you pour in it, you will never be able to fill it to the max capacity. And this is a kind of representation of a distorted or tilted viewpoint of themselves and other people or life itself. And they, um, a person with a kind of tilted vessel tends to blame themselves or other people for their life situations. And they have a decreased ability to take in the teachings or take in any new information that might help them because it leaks out. So it's almost like, oh, no, 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 I can't practice yoga because I hurt my back about 10 years ago. Or, oh, no, I can't do that yoga pose because I have really short arms and I blame my parents for genetically doing that to me. Um, so there's this way in which we get attached to certain physical limitations um, or... Um, situations that make us feel that we can't do it because this is the reason why. So there is that kind of tilted viewpoint or distorted viewpoint. The next vessel is a leaky vessel and in this valuable information is constantly escaping, constantly leaking out. And then, you know, we can hear the teachings and go, oh, this is really important. This is really good stuff. But they get very distracted and not able to hold, you know, the attention as, you know, it just kind of leaks out. And our culture and what we have, our phones, our notifications, our kind of email alerts, really, you know, draw our attention constantly out of the present moment. And it's demanding more and more um, of this kind of wandering mind that we're trying to work with in our practice. And so our, you know, taking responsibility of our choices that dissipate this energy by wasting time on unhelpful thoughts, on TV, radio, you know, social media, the news, email alerts, notifications of the BBC, 
you know, all of that keep pulling our attention out. So there's cracks. And as you start to fill it, that OJAS and also, um, you know, the kind of new um, candle wax just leaks out. And so what we're trying to do in our physical practice with all these four vessels is recognize what did we wake up to this morning? Are we a combination of one of them, two of them, maybe all four of them? But in that self-awareness and then building that self-understanding, how can we be our own potters in our, um, in our practice and taking our practice and uh, using new clay, softening, you know, um, hydrating, and creating a way in which we can fill the holes, reshape the lip, you know, smooth out any kind of rough edges, and then starting to maybe polish, maybe even have a new glaze, create a new color in which we um, paint our pot, and then we stick it in the kiln to cook. So this is coming from now Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, in that Kriya Yoga, what we're meant to be doing in practice is Tapas, Vidaya, and Ishvara Pranadana. So Tapas is practices that create heat for positive change, this physical heat, energetic heat, and mental heat of concentration, to notice what is going on, how we can skillfully maybe reshape our pot, that svadaya is self-study, is self-understanding, self-knowledge in discerning what we need to do. And so you might feel tilted today and you're really affected by your chronic pain or um, you might feel that that dirt is just contaminating everything and you want that cathartic way in which we release the negative thoughts and emotions and the emotional hangover from um, days before. And so we just are cathartically working with the breath and movement to release and clean out the dirt. Or you might find that you're so leaky that you're plugging up the holes and trying to contain like, okay, shut off the ears that are leaking because I'm listening to sounds of people on the streets or in the house with your family running up and down the stairs or your eyes, close the eyes because the eyes are darting around all over the place leaking out information or Uriyana Mulabandha, put the plug in it, Jaladarabandha, put the lid on it and trying to contain. <laughs> so there is that sense of starting to refine the leaks and plug up the holes. Or you might feel very closed off today and you're like, Zephyr, you're selling me witchcraft. I don't even want to be here. And so there is a way in which we start to slowly open, carve a new hole in which we can allow that light in, allow the goodness in, allow us to give ourselves the permission to feel that darkness. And as light comes in, that light that heals, that inspires and transforms. And this is what we're trying to do is create a practice in which we can learn to trust. That Ishvara Pranadana, that surrendering to the Godhead of our understanding, that presence, that fullness of a loving awareness, a presence of, you know, something in which we can surrender and trust as we let go of what we're trying to control, what we're trying to kind of fix, what we're trying to solve in that way in which we just surrender and make that decision to trust to have faith and to bathe in that light 
and that companionship of grace, that we feel it inside us, around us, as us, that we need, breathe and move and feel that intimacy as we awaken to it being ourselves. So that um, truth within us, as we notice that knowing mind and that thinking mind, and that we awaken to that sense of knowing within our center, our heart, that mind, heart, that chitta, and that light that shines, that we start to recognize the natural joy of being in this vessel, and the gift of this embodiment, and the teachings it still is, you know, providing us, that as we are aging, and as we are changing, as we face our own humanity, um, our vessel is giving us so much opportunity to practice these tools and techniques, refining them so we can be better yogis, better seekers, because we have more tools to be able to be able to navigate this life that we are li living. So, with that, um, we are going to be little potters, utilizing the pot that we woke up to, and noticing as we cultivate self-awareness and self-understanding and acceptance, okay, I'm a leaky pot today, <laughs> okay. And in that, there is that um, self-discipline as we continue to practice our yoga, our hatha yoga, um, we use our body as the first portal. We shape our breath in which we create a new connection to how to heal, how to inspire, and how to transform ourselves, and that we become more self-actualized in seeing what we need to transcend and then transform as we awaken to ourselves. The I-ness seeking to know ourselves embodied as us. So those are the seven stages of yoga. So we've been working on this over the past, you know, many, many sessions, and I will put links into this um, uh, description of other practices that you might find beneficial to actually study to really embody this practice. So, If you would like to continue to practice, find out more information about the topics discussed, or to donate to this podcast, please visit ZephyrYoga.com or follow the link in the episode description. I thank you.